Faithful, it's that time of the year. The NFL Combine is underway, and I mean it's about to take off literally on tomorrow. You're going to get those defensive linemen and those linebackers running and doing all those good things. But listen, I tell you what, we'll talk about that. We want to recap John Lynch, who spoke at the NFL Combine. And there's some good things going on with the San Francisco 49ers, injury updates, all that good stuff. I got my man Tony with me. We're going to rock out today. Stick around right here on the Wayne Breezy Show. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Wayne Breezy, and I got the one and only my man Tony in the building. What's good, baby? What is up? I love this time of year. Do not get me wrong. I love 49 football and watching the games on Sundays, Mondays or Thursdays. But I love this time of year with all this draft and free agency stuff. It's just great. I feel like, Tony, there's no one out there like that knows more about what's going on. I, I, I feel like we call you the GM, but you are like the head of the GMs because you were like the scout, the GM, you know how to work the money, the cap, the back loading, front load. Like you just got it down packed. It's it's like you this is your time of the year. Like this is this is where I go crazy. And this is your time of the year where you 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 know you keep people at bay and you be like, check this out. This is who the Niners are gonna be looking at. And then bam, they drop the bomb on everybody and they boom, right? So, Tony, you got it. What's going on, everybody out there? I do want to shout out the Breezy Bunch crew, man. They were in here early getting it on. Nick Nice, 21 in the building. Peachy Brown in the building saying thank everybody for tuning in. What's going on? Manly is in the building. What's going on? Don't Bother Me is in the building as well. Boats in the building. I see Jax Knox in the building. Uh, Jax, your name isn't highlighted anymore. Boo. Where's my boo sound? Did I get rid of the boo sounds? I did. You lucky I got rid of the boo sounds. Boo! Great one is in the building. What's going on, everybody out there, man? Listen, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Tanisha, what's good? Callie is in the building. Corey's in the building. Terrence, what's going on, baby? I see you out there as well. Rob D, you know how we get down. Tony, I'm excited. Uh, the Niners, the NFLPA, all right, released the their their grades uh, uh and we're gonna recap them what's going on chrissy 1687 in the building dion's in the building uh tony i, I i'm gonna pull them up and then i, I want to get with i want to get your thoughts on 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 some of these grades i will say that the 49ers they finished ranked sixth out of 32 teams i think that's pretty darn good what do you, okay. you know right right what, what do you think I absolutely think it's good. I mean, I looked at it real quick. I can't remember the grades on every uh, category. I got you, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> top six, top 10 of the 32 teams in the NFL. I mean, I, I think that's good. Is there room for improvement? I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but, you know, just pull up those grades. I, I, don't, I forgot what they were. <laughs> All right. So here's the grades, Tony. You ready? So um, let's go from the top to the bottom. The treatment of families. The 49ers got an A minus. They finished second out of 32 teams. 
with treatment of families, food and cafeteria. That means the food is right, man. If you if you're gonna go out to the to the to the facility, make sure you eat at the cafeteria. They finished third with an A minus as well. Nutritionist, dietitian, uh, B plus. All right, so that means you know. They they eating the right food. They finish eighth. Locker room B plus. They finish seventh. Uh, and training room C. They finish twenty fourth. This is the lowest grade on this report card, Tony. And we're going to talk about your thoughts on that. Training staff B minus twenty first. Uh, too many injuries, right? Weight room B plus, which is different from the training room, I guess. All right, so they get, they finished eleventh. Strength coaches B plus, they finished sixteenth, right in the middle of the pack. But I like the grades B plus. Team travel C plus, finished thirteenth. Head coach finished seventh with an A, and ownership finished tenth with an A minus. Tony, which of these grades really like alarm you a little bit? Because you said there's room for improvement. I got two C pluses, man. If, my mom was like, if you don't have B pluses and A's on your report card, man, it's a problem. Like even with freaking B minuses, it was a problem. My mom was tough. So, Tony, which <laughs> which ones stand out to you, bro? The one that's a little mind-boggling is the team travel. Um, the 49ers, Jed York, their staff, they always coordinate and they rent 777s, which is probably the biggest jet in the fleet right now for United. Um, it took the place of a 747. And Why do you know that? Huh? Like, how do you know that? And why do you know that? Like, why do you know that they have the biggest jet in the NFL? Like, how do you know that? I like, as a kid, I I, I like planes, so I can kind of tell what plane is what. Wow. Seven Um, what? 777, you said? Yeah, 777. 777 took the place of a 747, which was the the big, like, they call it the queen of the skies. Um, So the 777 is is an oversized jet, um, you know, Tons of travel, tons of uh, space for comfort. And I noticed that every time they travel, there's tables set up outside with Chick-fil-A. So you're grabbing a bag of Chick-fil-A and you're jumping on a a, triple seven to travel. Wait, so you're not feeling the Chick-fil-A? No, I mean I, I I love Chick Fil A. Don't get me wrong. No, no, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I'm just saying like I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure yeah. out. <laughs> well, no, what I don't understand is why is it a C plus? I think that's great. Oh, okay, okay, it's got you scratching your head. Got you. Yeah, okay, like, I'm like, you, know, <laughs> you tell me I can jump on a plane with my Louis Vuitton bag, right? You know, right, or Gucci bag Chick Fil A. Make my ass up those stairs and sit down in a wide space seat. Yeah. Look, come yeah. on. How much better could it be? I mean, how much worse could it be? I mean, like... I do, well, okay, okay. Well, well, you know what? You know what, Tony? What if the flight is great? The transportation on the bus is great. But I think travel, doesn't that include the lodging as well? Like, what if the hotels is trash, are trash? That, that's where it could be. That, I mean... I, or I or the areas that they... St- it shouldn't matter. I know where they stay when they come to... Uh, where they have stayed previous years. Correct. When they come to New Jersey and it's, it's a Hyatt. They stay at a Hyatt. It's okay. A Hyatt or a Hilton. It's located. Well, one year they stayed in one near Jersey city. And then the other one they stayed, I want to say near sea caucus and which is close to the state. I know where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, That's like so, my first exit. As I get into when I cross the bridge, <laughs> like sea caucus is, is something I see first. Those are actually like nicer end, higher end like facilities. 
And then you know what they do when they travel cross country and they stay, they decide to stay like, you know, on the road for two consecutive weeks. They stay at the Greenbrier. That's a nice, that's another nice facility. Um, so I don't know, maybe it is the hotels on other trips. Like I'm not too sure where they stayed in for the Super Bowl, but you know, with the reporter standing there, it didn't look like it was the greatest. So maybe that could be an issue. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, see, Christy said it too. Maybe it is the hotels. I, I don't know. Maybe I it is. It could be. Like, I mean, even even at home, I believe they stay at that 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 hotel that's right there on the on the in the parking lot. I can't think of the name of it off the top. Which um, one? In Santa Clara. Yes. Hilton. Is it the Hilton? That's where they yeah. stay. So you're yeah. thinking that they have the the partnership with all the Hiltons? Oh no, no, you're talking. Uh, no, that's where. The Marriott. the Marriott is a little bit further down the road. The Hilton literally sits right outside the stadium parking lot. I it's remember like, right there. I remember being at a game and going to this hotel and out were players. And I was like, oh, you're <laughs> like, oh, you're you're you know what I'm saying? So I can't remember which hotel it was, but they stay at the they stay at the Marriott. They, they stay at the Marriott. Yeah, yeah. but that's eh, eh, didn't look too wasn't bad, but it wasn't wasn't great. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't the best. Cause I stayed there, so it wasn't I complained. So if I'm complaining, unless they got different space rooms or sides of the hotel that I ain't seen. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's not a shot at the Marriott, because I love the Marriott. The Marriott make sure they take care of me. The Marriott owns like eight billion hotels too, by the way. So but I mean, maybe they, maybe they should just upgrade. Maybe they should go to one of the newer spots that are owned by the Marriott. They got to get the app and then go stay at the newer facility that they kind of like got beat out there. Like I don't know. I I'm just thinking maybe it's 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 not just the travel, you know, the transportation, but it's maybe it's the the lodging, you know, the room and board. It's a, it's a high hotel. I mean, it's it's, it's a high. It's expensive too. I ain't even gonna start. It's expensive. Expensive as hell. Um, what was the other grade that that stood out? Hold on. Um, let me get back to that. There was another grade that I saw. The training room. The tra- okay, let's talk about the training room because I, I I'm what the hell is the training room? It's clearly not the weight room. So no. this must where they go. Must where they go and you know they do. Oh the oh. They go for treatment. So the treatment's not good. The treatment room. Which I don't understand because it's a part of it, it's a new part of the facility. Hmm. The treatment room, if I don't know, hundred percent. I think it's in the actual <laughs> stadium. It's it's in their facility, but I just don't I just don't know why it's got such a low. It's got the lowest grade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Look, the good news is Tony that you know the head coach finished with an A. Do you agree with that? Like Kyle Shanahan, A coach. A coach. Yeah. I don't know if I feel like he's a what makes Kyle Shanahan an A coach for you, Tony? Like, cause I'm I'm struggling. Are we talking on the field or off the field? Oh shoot. I didn't think we had to talk about both. I only think about on the field. Well, this could be graded by behind closed doors in the locker room. Hmm. We see what is on field mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. see on field and off field this is by the players too by the way like these are these right. are the players and right that, it's not like it's from like the the media or like the beat writers for san francisco 
in the Santa Clara area. Okay, so let's look at it from the eyes. How do we look at it from the eyes of the players then? So, and like, you know, like. I, I, these guys love Kyle. They do love him. They I mean, do. The culture is ridiculous, bro. Like, you can't, you can't, it has to be the best culture in football. Like, and, and, and it started the moment he came in and he didn't show up in a shiny suit or an old suit. Like, he kind of showed up like one of the guys, like one of the players. Like, right? He kind of showed up like that. And that's how you do it. Like, that's how you relate, you know? And then you kind of like bring him up to your level. But they do know that he's the head coach. Yes. There's that good report between there, there's that good fail safe line between pl- like you know friend and coach, and <laughs> I think Kyle knows how to you know tame that and control that perfectly because I think they when they know he's serious they know he's serious like they know when to screw around and they know when they could screw like you know be serious and not screw around with Kyle so I just think the way he built that culture in that stadium in that locker room just the locker room uh-huh. when it's time to be serious the team knows they respond they they know when it's time to be serious within that locker room and then they, they know when it's time to play around they have a freaking basketball rim set up in the goddamn locker room that's what i'm talking about though you know that's, what I'm saying? yeah that's but that's but you need that though like you need the balance yeah. of you know seriousness and fun like you need a good balance so pc says what he's not an a plus question mark question mark question mark what player do you think on this team graded him low to not make that A plus status? It, first of all, it can't be. It, it, it got to be a starting player. Which starting player? Because it can't be any of the any of the guys looking to get a job. It can't be any of these free agents, or it could be. All right, I'll ask you a better question. Unless you got the player. I don't. I don't want to confuse you because I can give you a player. I. I don't. Th- I definitely think it's not Debo. It's not Trent. I don't think it's McCaffrey. I don't think it's. Come on, get to it, dog. <laughs> I think. It's, I think it's between two. Okay, let's get. Give me. Give me one of them. I think maybe Kittle. No. Oh yes, yes. Because he threw him under the bus like week five, week six, the Cleveland game. He threw him under the bus. I think Kittle's tired of just being a blocker. I think Kittle wants to be more involved in the offense. Oh, snap, ladies and 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 gentlemen. And, 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 hold on. I think possibly that's part of the reason why. Like, everyone says, like, Kyle, 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 Kyle for the Super Bowl. How many times was George Kittle targeted in the Super Bowl? Bro, like two times, bro. Okay. And the one time he had to catch for, what, I think 18 yards, 20 yeah, yards? Yeah, and it got negated by the holding call from Trent yeah. Williams. <laughs> so the problem is, and this is where Kyle is at fault, they need to address the offensive line and step key, instead of taking your $17, 18000000 million tight end and making them an extension as an offensive line. Listen, I have no problem... Oh, come on, Tony. Come on. I have no problem in certain plays where he needs to block, yes, but when you're in a third and seven situation or a third and... He needs to be going out for a pass. Yeah. You, yeah, the same way we watched freaking... Uh, oh, my gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Give me no. the tight end from, from Minnesota, the Hawkinson. The Hawkinson. same way we watched Hawkinson catch first downs, 
The same way we watch these tight ends, Sam Laporta, the same way, I just named two Iowa guys, by the way. I just wanted to, I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> Why isn't George Kittle being used on, in that way? You think? It, it, I think they know. And listen, we all know what Kyle's strength is. His, I'm not his, trying to defend Kyle. I didn't his, try to defend Kyle. His ability to scheme, right? His scheming skills. He's a key skills, scheme. It, it, it's second to nobody. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. How you could single-handedly take Aaron Donald, who's probably at one point the best interior defensive line, and lineman, make him insignificant, oh, right? And he doesn't—he doesn't pop up on a stat sheet at all. Yeah, like, come on, man, like that—that's insane. But my point is this: it's because he's such a scheme-heavy guy, and in, in his head, he feels that he could do that to anybody, and that's why they didn't go big and they just rolled with McKivitz last year. I thought McKivitz had an okay year. Me too. Minus a couple games here and there. Me he too. was okay. He was in a serviceable right tackle for two and a half million dollars. <sighs> I got a question for you. Keep going. But my point being in this situation is how nice would it be where you don't have to become scheme dependent to drop back on a seven step drop and try to hurl the ball downfield? Where you don't have to keep Kittle in, have him chip, delay releasing, then go out when Brock Purdy's already sees his read and he's releasing him. That, that's why Tony, I think this is the year. They're like, this is the year of the offensive lineman in, in the draft. Like Tony, we've been watching these prospects for the past couple of months. Like, this is this is the year that the Niners can literally address the offensive line and maybe walk out with a good three or four pieces. Mm-hmm. Literally, they can literally walk out with every piece except for that left tackle spot that I think Trent Williams is still anchoring at this moment. But if they wanted to upgrade at left guard, right guard, right tackle and center, they could do it in this one draft alone. This, And, and it goes in waves, right, Tony? It's like every year you're not going to get a heavy uh, laden offensive line uh, combine draft prospect. You know, It's not going to be great every year. Every year it rotates. Last year it was the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Last year was the year you get your tight end. Mm-hmm. You want your pass catcher tight end. You block a tight end. Like them tight ends are going to... You know, that was last year. This year, it's offensive line and it's cornerback. Like, that's where it's the, it's deepest. And I just feel like the Niners are going to look to address those two positions this year. But you said something about it being Kittle, and I didn't think about it. I don't think Kittle has a problem with running the ball. I don't think he minds that. Because when I go back to that clip and that presser after that Cleveland Browns game, and he talked about not becoming one-dimensional. It was because they went away from the run to where the teams were playing pass, which mm-hmm. means that they couldn't even get a pass or off because they were playing the pass. He was pissed off, and he said, "We maybe we shouldn't try to become one-dimensional. Maybe what happened to outside zone running? No, no one plays the whole clip but me. What happened to outside zone running? That's what we're good at. He said that. In a presser clip, Tony. Yeah. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm sure he wants to be more involved, especially in the past game. I just don't understand why we don't use it. But you know what, Tony? I think we draft. I think we draft two more tight ends in this draft. Anyway, that's a whole another conversation. But what about Brandon Ayuk? What if Brandon Ayuk was just fed up and gave Kyle like a freaking F to bring that down from like an A plus. See, I don't, I don't, I think, I think Brandon Ayuk has respect for Kyle. And I do too. 
it's because of how he was treated and what he did to him in his beginning, his first year, second halfway into his second year as a 49er. Brand now you thought he's going to come in here and do his thing and play like that, but no. Right? There's a significant difference in the way Brandon Ayuk plays on the field now to compared to his first year as a 49er. Yeah, sure, he could run around and get open, yeah. But he's not the full, well-rounded, the complete package wasn't the complete package as a wide receiver when he stepped on the field as a rookie. I got and you. Kyle did what he had to do to get him to become what he needed to become in this offense. And it worked. And That's that tough love, you know. It, to be honest with you, I think Brandon Ayuk has the utmost respect to Kyle for doing that. I agree, but the body language says something different. Um, you know, it, it I says. Think so, I think that's tied to him always wanting the ball, which most players want, <laughs> right? So, like, it's nothing. It's nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun. We've we've seen and heard. This is heard it all before, right? A competitor. Competitor. He wants to compete. There's nothing wrong with that, but what if he felt like, and, and just hear me out, right? Like, I'm not trying to do any type of conspiracy stuff, but what if Brandon Ayuk really did feel some type of way in that Super Bowl because he wasn't utilized? Same set situation you talked about, George Kittle. What if Ayuk felt that way too? And 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 what if he felt? What if he feels that? His welcome here is wearing out because what if he feels some type of way? Like he knows he's never going to be the guy. He's just going to always remain a guy. And becoming being a guy and being the guy, Tony, is the difference in your contract, right? We talk we talking money now. Okay, so so let's just have this conversation. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. We're gonna go into what John Lynch said right after that, but let's let's have this conversation and we'll recap the presser. What do you think? Like like what if what if that's his thought or feeling to uh, why he may? Fuck, I I I see what you're saying, right? But now here here's the pros and cons for this, right? This is this is the con of being on a team with so many options. Correct. Right? That's a con. That's like, like, like you know, yeah. it's not a knock and it's not intentional, but when you have what? One, two, they, they all went to the Pro Bowl, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, well, I, I, don't mean, think, I don't think Brandon Ayuk or uh, Debo Ayuk made it to the Pro Bowl. Mm-mm. Ayuk didn't make it to the Pro Bowl? They might have been alternate. Debo might. I mean, Ayuk might have been an alternate. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, well, the problem is this, right? In a heavily schemed and structured offense that's based off of timing, and you have this much talent on that side of the ball, it's kind of like, okay, you know, it gets frustrating because you're not the focal point. You're not the Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers, right? You're not the guy. You are a guy, a part of this package or this uh, skill set group. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, right? Look at all the teams that have a ton of money in cap. They're all garbage. They all lose. They're not good teams. Right, and they have money. Well, let's be careful with what we push for. I understand he wants to get paid, and I think the Niners do want to pay him, but does – 
shooting to be the highest paid worth it to go to a team where you are the number one guy, but I, they also have a ton of other holes to worry about as well. Okay. I don't what, what if what if what if I told you I don't think he's shooting to be the highest paid. Mm-hmm. No, he's just, I, he's, he's he just shooting just saying, to, most right, of these but, guys won't be the highest paid. Right, but what if he's really shooting to be like relevant? Like, you know what I mean? Like like he he wants to be like a like a, a he doesn't want to be mislooked. Like hot okay. I get where he's coming from. It's so crazy, right? Because I just feel like I can always find some type of correlation to where players feel just based off of my personal, uh, you know, revelations and what I do, right? And so I'm a musician, right? I'm a really good musician. But sometimes I'll be playing with guys that have been in the game longer. And I'll be wanting to shine when I'm playing out. I'll be wanting to do what I'm really good at. But... I don't, I be getting overlooked all the time and it be hurting you. And it makes me not even want to show up. It makes me not even want to play. It makes me feel like my talents aren't welcomed here. And I can go a make more money elsewhere or really stay here, love the experience and just deal with the way I'm feeling on the inside. But the way I feel on the inside makes me not even want to get up and play. What? What? I, I just feel like I feel like I can relate to where BA is coming from. I felt like that's how Debo was, and I think that's what held up the Debo Samuel contract negotiations. Tony, like Debo wanted to be a focal part of this offense. Like go back to go back to the 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 previous NFC Championship game against the Rams, and go back to that Super Bowl. Debo stopped being utilized, mm-hmm. and he and 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 he broke down in tears on the on the field in that championship game against the Rams, which we had beat. We just didn't give the ball to Debo. Like, yeah. he, I think he put the Niners through the ringer, bro. He he put the Niners through the ringer and was like, "Yo, I'm gonna do whatever I got to do to make y'all." Because Debo didn't get Debo wasn't the top paid wide receiver. No. You know what I'm saying? I think uh what's his what's his friend? Um AJ Brown, I think, was the top paid wide receiver out of that draft class. Yeah. So Debo wasn't even top paid number one. I don't know why Niner fans complaining, but I don't think Brandon Ayuk's gonna get that too. I feel like that's part of the design though from Kyle Shanahan. Like, yeah, you you're gonna reach certain factors, but we can keep you from being all pro and this right now. <laughs> Cause so we can keep it, you know, we can we can afford you. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like all that plays a part, man. It's stupid. It sucks. It's just the way it is. Yeah. No. It's, it's well said. Well, just real quick before we move on from this topic, what do you think is a fair number for Bright for Ayuk? Oh my gosh! I, I want, right now he's at, right now he's at 14, 14.1. Right, so right. He's at fourteen million right now. I understand it's 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 the final year. I understand <sighs> that. But what would the number be? That you think he would be satisfied with? See, I'm thinking. The, I'm thinking the Niners want to do a four year deal. They did a three year deal with Debo, right? They did a three year extension, right? So they used they, they, the final year. Yes, and they added three. I think they want to keep Brandon in that same realm, right? Like they want to. That's how they want to do their wide receivers. I don't know if Brandon would go for that, but the number per year. What is with the Debo? What 
I can't remember Debo's contract off the top of my head, but I feel like it's going to be something similar to that. Where the first year it was pennies and that signing bonus, and then last year it was that much. Now this year is what twenty six million. So it's weird how the Niners break it down. Yeah, it's how they structure it, right? So let's say yeah. they do an extension with him this year. They pop that number from 14 down to like 8 or 5. Right. So now you're saving yourself on this current new salary cap. So they're going to push that money down. And the difference between the, his contract and Debo's contract, I think they do a longer term deal. Because I think, if I'm correct, isn't Ayuk like 24 or 25 years old? Um, I don't know. If, I, I, I would be lying. I don't know off the top of my head. I can look it up while you're talking. Um, so, yeah. So, because of his age, I think they're going to... He's 25. Gonna, so, he's 25, right? He's 25 right now. And he's, what, in year five of the NFL? He'll be he's going, going into, into... He'll be entering year five, correct. Okay. Come March. So he's 25 yep. years old at year five. I see this team doing potentially a five-year deal. Oh, so you're going extension. longer than a four. Okay. Okay. Because I can think it. Age, the age, and his style of play. He's a more finesse guy. He's he's, he's yeah. not a guy it's, that plays with the Debo mentality. The physical. So, Even though he's far, physical. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not physical. Don't. No, I, got, don't, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. They're two different types of wide receivers. I got you. Correct. So, I can see them stretching a five-year deal, doing doing this year and adding four years on. And then, like, you know, if they have to, they could add a phantom year to bump mm-hmm. money down if they need to. So it, 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 it's all about creativity, all right? And, and the cap went up $30 million this year. I don't think it's going to consistently go up $30 million. I think next year it might actually come down a little – it might go up a little less mm-hmm. because of the massive bump this year. Um, but, again, I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But just to see that jump from what they went up last year to this year, it's like, holy shit, where does money come from? But – We'll just leave it at that for now. But I think there's a little bit more wiggle room because his his long durability, like, you know, it's an investment to this team. And there's wiggle room when you get able to go out that many years. So where their depot deal was just a basic three-year extension, so it's essentially a four-year deal. They don't really want to push the envelope with Debo because of the way he style the, the style that he plays. Right. And his contract's gonna expire next year. So I get it. But and that's why I think they do this with Brandon Ayuk. So if they decide to move on from Debo Samuel, they still have their wide receiver. They still have their guy. They still have a guy. And then they're they're looking to replace what Debo can do somehow, his production on the football field. This is what you do, right? You you can't keep everybody for a long time like there's certain positions there's essential positions that you need that you want with your organization like your left tackle your defensive end and your quarterback right then your top three and then after that you're supplementing you're hoping you're replenishing them in the draft you're you know but you're gonna you, you sign them to the team and you're hoping at some point once they start dwindling down you're able to find a good replacement for those kids in the draft and and but you keep your you keep your system flowing because you're right. you're getting the certain same style types of players. So I think that's what the Niners do. But what the Niners are trying to do in 2024, Tony, is win the Dagon Super Bowl. Like like so they're trying to keep this core together as long as they can. And I, listen, I love Mike, but I, there's no way there's, there's anybody gonna come onto this team and do what Brandon Ayuk does. Like there's no way. 
I, I, I know it's scheme. I understand it's system based, but Brennan Ayuk was different. I think Brennan Ayuk stretched the system. He opened up the system. He allowed Kyle Shanahan to do things a little bit differently. And I saw things from Brock that I've never seen before from any quarterback under Kyle's system, and that's trusting his wide receivers. And there was times he just knew, I'm going to throw this ball. It's the wrong read. It's the wrong whatever. But I know my guy's going to come down with it. Like, I know Kyle hates that, but that's what, that's, you, that, you can't teach that. Like, that's a rapport I would never want to break up. Now, I think that what makes this situation a little bit more difficult is Brandon Ayuk. And, and so what you're saying from the team's perspective, from office perspective, I think is the way that the Niners are going to address it. But I think, what if Brandon Ayuk doesn't want the long-term contract? What if he wants a three-year extension? This is what wide receivers want. Mm-hmm. It's different than the way it used to be. It's something that they're going to have to sit down and negotiate and try to work on. Deep down inside, I, I do think Brandon Ayuk truly wants to be here and finish his career in San Francisco. I truly think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan want him here to finish his career in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. But there is a price, there is a number, and there is a number to get him traded. Okay, I have to have to. <laughs> if the team offers something that you believe, and I'm not saying this is their intentions. What I'm saying is if, if they something offered that you can't say no to, uh huh. I'm the sorry. If, you can't the say no to it. if the team makes the 49ers an offer that they can't refuse, right? I'm sorry, you can't do it. <sighs> I'm not, I mean, dude, Wayne, it, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a number. It's gonna be. Like, 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 like Herschel Walker type deal. Like, like Damn. it's gonna be a deal where you just can't say no to. It's crazy like, because I feel like, I feel like Brandon Ayuk is in the star status or the stratosphere of the Justin Jeffersons, the CD Lambs, the the Jamar Chases. Like he 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 should be in that conversation. But because he's not the number one option, he doesn't get seen in that limelight. Mm -hmm. But when you look at his average number, it's higher than any of those players that I just named, average per catch. Mm -hmm. And what he's able to do with the ball in his hand is ridiculous. And so, like, it's, it's it's just crazy. Like, now he, he's gonna cost the Niners a lot of money or somebody that is is trying to compete <laughs> in 2024 you saw what the lions did somebody is trying to be that team that was teetering the playoffs and they're a receiver away and they do not want to wait on developing a guy from college like that's the there's, scary part there's something that you said that just caught just just put the light bulb on in my head, okay? And it's it's, it's basically this, right? We're, we're going, we're, we're targeting one number, and, and that's his average yards per touch, per catch. Mm-hmm. It's over 17, correct? Correct. Okay. So let's look at this. Let's look at how many targets to catches he has, and then let's look at the top five wide receivers in the league to their targets to catches and see where their averages are. 
It's, it's, go ahead. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're Brandon and Ayuk is nowhere near them. Okay. So if you have lower, if you have low, if you have a high, you, it's natural to have a higher average, which left with less. Yeah. You have less catches than it is to have more catches. With I, 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 I agree. I agree. But when you look at when you look at There's the production, there is. But when you look at the production of what Brandon Ayuk did, the average catch. Like all of his catches were typically the majority of them joints was like twenty plus yards down the field, bro. Correct, correct. You 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 are right, but now so that's why that's he's not getting. Whole, that's part of the whole package. Right? It is. It is. That's part of the whole package's offense, right? They want to use Brandon Ayuk between that eight to fifteen yard range of your defense, correct, and have him flash right across the middle. That's where Brandon Ayuk's payday is, right there, because it's a mismatch on a slot. It's a mismatch on a linebacker. It's a mismatch on a safety. There's windows being opened by other route, other route and concepts being designed to take those windows to make them open. Correct. Correct. So now, let's say, and I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Let's take Brandon Ayuk off this team. Yo, I, this I, well, okay, we could try it. Let's try it. And let's install him in an offense like – who who can we put them on? The Chargers, the Texans. Well, the Texans run a similar style, so I'm not going to say the Texans. Um, I just feel like he needs more volume. Uh, I think he that's needs my- more volume. I agree with you, but that 17.2 with more volume is not going to coexist. It's not no, gonna it's going to go down. It's going to it's going to go down, right? Because now he's going to attempt those passes down the field that may not be catches. That's right? my point, and I get you. No, your point is 100 percent correct. All I'm saying is. He's productive and oh, what he and what he's asked to do. Very, there's no doubt about that. But the thing is, because he's limited in this style of offense, he's putting up big numbers in the per, in the per catch situation. Now, if he gets more touches and things like that, we know that's gonna go down, but guess what's gonna go up? His yards. Mm-hmm. And what do you look for in wide receivers? You look for yards and touchdowns, right? What did he finish with this year in yards? Uh, seventh, maybe I believe no, seventh. What was his number? Uh, one thousand. It was it was over the thousands. Hold on, give me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was he he was a thousand yard wide receiver, eleven hundred. I thought Brandon Ayuk was gonna finish with more. They just stopped I getting he was a little higher. I thought it was like in the thirteen hundred range. Uh, Brandon Ayuk finished with yeah, he was thirteen, thirteen forty two, seventy five receptions off of one hundred and five targets. So he's almost a fourteen hundred yard wide receiver, bro. Like that's a, that's a pretty damn good production with uh, with seventy five receptions, bro. With a catch in a <laughs> in a structured offense. This dude about to get paid, though. The Niners. I, this and this is why I said my only my only concern is not an issue. It's not an issue. My only concern with Brandon Ayuk. Is does he want to be here? And, and is he gonna be? Is he gonna just buy into the system? Look, I'm gonna be the best player I can be in this system, opposed to being the player. Like, and and, and if he's fully bought into that, I thought he was fine. I, I I didn't see any of any any discrepancies trying to argue against this until. 
a few days after the Super Bowl where the stuff started to come out, you know? And then I started to say, oh, man, man, he might be feeling some type of way. Like, and so, like, that that got, that has me a little bit concerned. I'm not even saying any of that stuff is true, but he did make a, a couple of statements that were kind of like, oh, shoot, like, he not happy here. And so, like, that's the only thing that concerns me. Because I want Brandon Ayuk to be here. But, Tony, if we go look at these 32 teams, there are two wide receivers that you may take in the first round. Marvin Harrison and, and Roma Dunze, maybe uh, neighbors out of LSU. So, three wide outs. But that doesn't mean they're going to go at the top of at the top of the draft. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's the teams that there's might no want the proven guy. There's no guaranteeing production for these guys, right? There, there isn't, yo. There, and that's what I'm trying to get. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Like, you know, where are they gonna go if if Marvin Harrison gets drafted by the Patriots at number three as a wide receiver? Who's throwing him the ball? Like, come on, man. Like, come on. And that's my you know? point exactly. That's why Brandon Ayuk has to be very smart. And be careful what he what he wishes for, because what happens if the Giants blow the 49ers away and they send him to New York and Daniel Jones is the quarterback? Understood. Just think about that. You understand what I'm saying? Just, I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm 100 right, but think about that. I got you, bro. Uh, let's just take a quick listen to uh, John Lynch's response. I hope you guys can hear this out there. Tony said he could hear it, so hopefully you guys can hear it. All right, let's take a listen to what John Lynch had to say when they asked him about Brandon Ayuk. Well, I think that's, um, you know, I think it's, that was a welcome uh, sight that, you know, that the cap was going up. I think the thing you have to understand, it went up for everyone, so it's not like unique to our team. Um, you know, but, but we have some challenges. We have a lot of good players, a lot of good players who we've rewarded. Brandon's one that uh, we think incredibly highly of. Uh, one of my favorite um, just guys around our building, the way he approaches the game. He's a competitor. Um, he's a warrior. Uh, he plays with such a physicality, also with the grace, the way some, some of the positions his body can get into. And then he's got a flair for making plays when it matter most. And, and he's served us very well as a, as a franchise. And, you know, I think we've got a, a nice track record of extending the players that are important to us. And uh, Brandon's a guy we want to keep around uh, for a long time. All right. So before we get to the end of, of, his, of his statement, we want to keep him around for a long time. He said some things about... Brandon Ayuk serviced his time here. Yeah, I mean, so basically, just like listen, listening to that, you think DeForest Buckner would be a lock to come back, right? Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon Ayuk. My bad, because it sounds so so alike. So you know what, Tony? You know I'm here. <laughs> I, I want Tony, Tony. Can you take me down? Can you take me down memory lane real quick one time, bro? Can you take me down memory lane? Because I'm confused. I feel like I've heard these words before. Minus the 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 comment he said about his body getting into positions, whatever he said, that's not the Forrest Buckner, but it sounded a lot alike what he said about the Forrest Buckner. Tony, I'm 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 getting nervous, Tony. See now I'm getting nervous, bro. I was good. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Ain't no listen. I'm nervous because 
<laughs> now, the only thing that's different is that was early in Lynch's career. That's the only thing different. Yeah, I listen. I was just screwing around. It did sound very similar with you know makes big plays when when it's needed. Wants to be a part of the franchise, leader of the franchise, loved around the building. All that shit was the same. Um, but on the other hand, like you know, I, I think it's. Gee, this is tough to say because <laughs> we did take a step back at the three technique, but. We took a huge step back, and we haven't figured it out yet. I I think... That's the crazy part. I think this is different with Brandon Ayuk. And let's talk about why it's different. And Kali put this comment out there and said, Lynch didn't draft Buck, which is true. Correct. That wasn't one of his players, but Lynch didn't draft Armstead neither, and they gave him the contract. So what are we talking about here? Listen, man, I got clapbacks for everything that's going to be said. I can tell you that right now. I'm confused just like you are, and that's why we're here on the show. What makes this different, Tony? I think you're, you're talking about the offensive side of the ball, and this is Kyle's baby. So, uh, uh-huh. so I think th- this is what, like, you know, you have Brock as your quarterback. A decision might have to be made with Debo maybe a year or two from now as far as, you, you know, produ- not production, but his body holding up versus his salary number. Um, future decisions that have to be made about the roster as far as cap situation with other players. But I think right now, I think the Super Bowl window still remains open and it potentially can still remain open for two pot, potentially three more years for this team at least. But I do think there's going to be some decision-making that needs to be made with this team. And I think that year Armstead was a decision that if I remember correctly, he was the versatile versatile player. Two players for the one with Armstead. Yeah. That's, that's the key. That's key for defense. So, we're gonna, we gonna end the show with that. That's key for defense. And every everything everything is said about we have still yet to replace DeForest Buckner. But at that time, with the cap constraints and the cap being a lot lower than what it is right now, the ability to retain two for one mm-hmm. was much more probably probably much more appealing. To the to that team at that time due to their salary cap situation, and that's why I think they did it. And it wasn't just two schmoes. You got Armstead back, and then you had Jimmy Ward back, who played significant roles over their extended contracts for the 49ers. Jimmy Ward's not here anymore. Eric Armstead is. Eric Armstead's battling a lot of injuries, but if you look at the ability and to get back to the Super Bowl. Yes, they added a piece in Hargrave, but I don't think what it costs to bring in Hargrave is as much as it would have been in the long run to retain the Forrest Buckner and potentially lose Armstead and Jimmy Ward, right? You understand what I'm trying to say? I, I, I get what you're trying to say, but at the end of the day, you still took a dip. Like you, you still you, you took a you took a big hit. You took a gamble, basically. So, yeah. so well, will they or will they be willing to gamble again? There's gonna be more gambles coming up. <laughs> that's, what that's what I'm trying to say. So, like that that's what I that's what I'm, not with a person that's 25 years old. I don't think a gamble is gonna be played with a 25-year-old. Well, how old was Buck when they traded him? I think Buck might have been 27. 
25, 26 at the same age. Well, but guess who? Guess what? Brandon Ayuk turns 26 in a few weeks. It's a he. You're talking about a three technique. I, I know. We talk about two different two different positions. I totally get it. Yep. Wide receiver, three technique. I, I think the team. I mean, me personally. I loved Buckner. I thought Buckner was better than Eric Armstead. But in the decision that was made and how they explained it, why they made that decision, mm-hmm. I think it might have been the smart decision. But the decision to go up and use that pick to say, this is Buckner's replacement, that might have not have been right. I think they reached and jumped to the gun just to say, oh, look, we got a new defensive tackle that's going to replace him. Interesting. I'm just saying, look. At the time, you look at it and say, okay, well, it's smart. But seeing how it turned out and played out with Kinlaw, now you look back and now let's say they trade Ayuk. If they get a top 10 pick, I don't think they're taking a wide receiver. No, they're going to dress the trenches. So that period. tells me they learned their lesson. Okay, and that's what I... So so now we're getting back to why I think this, this can all be a weird situation for everybody, but there's a possibility that they move on from Brandon Ayuk because it's not about what he did. And that w- that's going to make this situation the same, right? They did what they did. They were able to retain two players. Guess what? Next season, right? The end of this season right here, you got to have to pay your all-pro safety. You're going to have to pay these these cornerbacks if, you, if you're trying to keep them. Like, this, it's a bunch of... It's a lot that's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. And so... Talanoa Hufunga, you got Diamandre Lenore. Are you looking to re-sign and bring back uh, Traverius Mooney Ward, who's now an All-Pro? And then you have what you're trying to do with Brandon Ayuk. If there's a team that's going to give you King's Ransom, I get why you say you have to make that move because now the Niners, John Lynch, is going to say, listen, I messed up and I'm going to fix it. And there's one position that the Niners just don't get right, and they can't figure out this offensive line. And I think this is the draft, Tony. Well, let's let's talk about some of the players that they've they've met with so far. I have the list right here. Uh, I don't know if it's updated, but this is what I have the list. As far as the DC talk, Tony, I, I really feel like it's going to be internal. Um, there's reports going out at the combine that they don't, you know, the word on the street is they not really feeling the Brandon Staley, but they just made it their due diligence to interview him or whatever. But the word on the street is that they're going to go inside. So, Tony, if they go inside, who's your inside guy? Like, who's your inside hire for the for the defensive coordinator? I would go with Sorensen. Same here. Same here. Sorensen has a little bit more experience. As a, uh, I do like bullocks, but yeah, I like bullocks. It's not a knock against bullocks. I just think the experience in the Seattle defense is more with Sorensen. He was under Pete Carroll, under Gus Bradley, and he he has more knowledge of the whole defense rather than just the back end with bullocks. If and it's not a knock against bullocks, mm-hmm. I think bullocks is going to get an opportunity to become a defensive coordinator within the next couple of years. I just think Sam Daniel Sorensen right now might be the clubhouse favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of people on the fence 50-50 with um, the Brandon Staley guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing with Brandon Staley is this. He's a young up-and-coming head coach. Yes, he's very, he's very he got ripped apart as a head coach of the Chargers, 100%. But there are other coaches and coordinators that got ripped apart as head coaches. Vic Fangio, Spagnola, 
All these guys got shredded as head coaches. Agreed. But you know what? When it came back to their specialty, they're good. Mike, my only thing is the, the he's more of a three four base guy in principles, but he has shown with the Rams to play a little bit of a hybrid look. Hybrid, yeah. You talk about yeah. Staley. Got if you. We, if we take this back to Vic Fangio, there you go. Everyone said Vic Fangio three four three four three four. Well, if you look at the majority of the time of Vic Fangio, if it wasn't a rundown, he had four down linemen. Mm-hmm. Alden Smith was not a stand-up linebacker. He was a defensive end who would line up standing up sometimes or with his hands in the dirt and always do stunts with Justin Smith in a four-man front. So the number three, four, the number four, three, that is the base core principles of the alignments for their defensive scheme that they respectively go with. But when I say hybrid, all you're doing is really changing your alignment on the front. Correct, but it's a it's about having the right pieces to do that. I think Bill Belichick did that as well um, in New England. Yes, Bill Belichick was a hybrid. His defense was hybrid. His defense was set to his weekly matchups. Exactly. Every week he, he found a way to match it up to whoever he was playing against. You're right. Well, here's my thing, right? And and this is where I'm I'm just having a tough time with the in-house hire. I would want a guy, and I know it's Kyle went out last year and he went against his grain and he brought in Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. But Steve Wilkes wasn't exactly the most experienced coordinator with a number one defense when he was a coordinator. Correct. Yes, he was a coordinator one year with the with the Carolina Panthers. But if you look at what Brandon Staley accomplished with the Rams defense, going with a hybrid look at times. And now I think it would be the best route to go with a more experienced guy, not necessarily just with Staley, but somebody, whether it's known with the scheme or not known with the scheme, someone with experience, because the whole point of this is to take Kyle and and, and just let him concentrate on the offense. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that Super Bowl, Kyle was, I think, heavily involved in that defense. So much that I think he lost focus on the offense. That's what it, Yeah. Okay. So my opinion, <clears throat> I think right now for this defense, they should stick to somebody that can adapt and run the 4-3 front that he wants with the wide nine alignments. But you also want that person to worry about the in-game adjustments. You want that person to come worry about – as game planning as well. You just don't want someone to come in here and say, oh, I want to come in and do a 34 front. That's what I'm doing, and this is how we're going to do it. No, you want to keep it as close as possible because this team is a Super Bowl contending team. Correct. You don't want changes now. That's why I don't want to – that's why I don't think it's going to be Staley. But the problem is this. You go with a Sorensen, that means Kyle still has to overlook the defense because of his lack of experience. Mm -hmm. So essentially, are we back to where we were last year? That's my question. It's a possibility. Um, It's a possibility. Uh, Chase Sr. just reported that the 49ers have no plans of trading Brandon Ayuk and want to sign him to a long-term deal. Ayuk's agent is Ryan Williams of Athletes First, who is the best friend of John Lynch. Uh, Lynch was the best man in Williams' wedding. He was told, no way Ayuk leaves. So this is from the agent of 
Ayuk, if I'm not mistaken. And I wanted to touch base uh, with Patricia Cross over on Facebook, who said Brenna Ayuk is very upset on how the Super Bowl ended. And he didn't get a lot of passes. Anybody's going to be upset. And he was saying he wanted the Raiders. Come on, the Raiders will not go higher than what the 49ers will go higher. And he wants to be a champion. But he is a champion. He is a champion. He's in a seat. Uh, champion and nothing could take that away from anybody not even him he is a champion so just really good high words on Brandon Ayuk thank you Patricia for that shout out to my man Eddie G in the B-Dogs 15 months bro you that's a bid man you almost two years in bro what up y'all took a break time to grind let's go appreciate that man listen um I I personally think it needs to be an inside guy, not because Kyle will have like Ram, but he trusted D'Amico. He he handpicked Sala, and and D'Amico was fine. And so I just think if it's Nick Sorensen, he's been there, he's been in this system, um, and and he does. If it ain't broke, he don't have to fix it. Like, I, I feel like he doesn't have to implement new schemes. He can still focus. He was a secondary coach with Seattle, so he can still focus on making sure that Daniel Bullock's secondary is still lights out, make sure that they get the right pieces that they need, um, you know, for that secondary. I, I, but I, I think he goes back to allowing the front, the pass rush, and Chris Kosarek and those guys to just freaking rush. Like, like I, I think Wilkes made it complicated, there was too much guessing, and they would they would mess miss on the guessing. You can't play football like unsure. Like you just got to go out there and do what you do. And I think that's what messed the 49ers defense pass rush up. Luckily, luckily the secondary improved, right? Or these games would have been way worse. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? But the secondary got better. So now that the secondary is pretty much shored up. I like Sorensen as the hire. I wouldn't be surprised if they go Bullocks. But if it is an outside guy, it's probably going to be Staley. I don't think it's going to be Jeff Albrecht because of the personality. I don't think it's going to be uh, who's my guy that I wanted from Tennessee. I can't think variable because of his personality. I just, I these are guys that will probably punch Kyle Shanahan in the face. Wait, can I ask you, what, what do you mean by the personality with Albrecht? I just feel like they they won't get along. Like if Kyle says something to Jeff Albrecht, it might be a, a little kickback. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a little fire back, fight back or something like that. I Look, I, that's just my thought process. I don't know. Um, but it could be that. It could be, I, if I'm Kyle, he's not going to want any of that in his in his organization because he I'll, wants to I'll be. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I think if Jeff Albrecht was a free agent, he'd be named a defensive coordinator already. I really do. Okay. Because think about what they want, right? Their past two successful defensive coordinators, both linebackers. Formal, cool. well, true. Both true. linebacker coaches. True. One was a former linebacker. True. Oldrich was on the staff in Atlanta under Dan Quinn, who ran the system that Kyle wants. Okay. So Oldrich and Kyle have been together. Now, Oldrich is a former player. He is a former linebacker. He also was a linebacker. He would knock your head off if he had the opportunity to. So I don't know as far as, like, you know, could things get testy? Maybe. He is a former NFL player who was a physical player at that. But the ties of him also living in the South Bay, the ties of him 
being there as a 49ers defensive coordinator and a former player with ties to that organization, I honestly feel that if it was up to Kyle and he could get him, he would have got him and named him. Now, I reached out to Matt Barrows on Twitter, and he answered my question. I said if, the, if Kyle Shanahan called the Jets and said, we want to interview to, uh, um, Ulbrich and bring him in, Ulbrich. Ulbrich. Right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. that. See, I remember when the case him in the fourth round and had Hawaii. I remember that clear as day. But um, if they call the Jets and say, we want to interview him, he is under contract, so they would need permission, number one. Correct. He, the Jets would have to release him out of his contract, number two. Number three, I thought if the Niners said, okay, we want to hire him and we're slapping – the assistant head coach tag uh, label on him. I thought that that could get him out of his contract because it is essentially a promotion adding the assistant head coach. But according to Matt Barrows, who answered me, I'm greatly appreciative for that. Um, Thank you very much, by the way, if you're watching. He said that doesn't work that way. Oh, okay. So if the Niners do this, the Jets are going to have to agree to let him out and come to San Francisco. Well, I'm I'm still going with the inside guy until it's not. Hopefully, we get an answer I soon. You, yeah. I agree. I agree with you, though. It's the most easiest and the most logical because you're not having to deal with permission and shit right now. Yeah, correct. <laughs> right. Uh, Plus, these are guys that have been there. Right. These are guys that have been there that may get opportunities down the road to become something higher up. But at the end of the day, they've been in the system. They know these players. I think the key is knowing the play. We're not even talking about that. What if the key is just knowing the goddamn players, bro? That's it. The relationship with the players. Steve Wilkes didn't know these guys. D'Amico knew these guys. Did you ever see the video when Shanahan was with Cleveland as the offensive coordinator and Patton was the head coach and Patton? Said something, um, uh, something to the fact of we're gonna run it or we're gonna we're, we're gonna kick it here or punt it, and and you see Petten saying it on the mic, and then you see Kyle Shannon go like this straight from his play card and just give him the look of death. No, I gotta check and, that uh, out. Uh-uh. I yeah, there's a video flow, and I, I I'll try to find it, but like he, in the middle of the play call, you see Kyle just do this. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think you bring Jeff Ulbrick in here. I think that would be done to Kyle. For sure, bro. And to be honest <laughs> with you, it might be what Kyle needs. I, I just don't want Kyle to get swung on, bro. Like that's that's all no, I'm saying. I, I'm te- I'm trying to tell you. Listen, some people in this world don't want to be micromanaged. Okay, some people can deal with it. Some people can't deal with it. And some people will live with it. Like, they'll just make it work. They won't say anything or whatever, whatever, whatever. Some people are great at being micromanaged. I feel like Steve Wilkes was one of the middle. He just, he didn't like it, but it was whatever. I know Aubridge won't like to be micromanaged. Kyle Shanahan is going to have to (laughs) fully trust. Now, if Aubridge does something that makes Kyle lose the trust, because that's what happened with Wilkes. If Wilkes didn't call that all-out blitz in that Minnesota Vikings game, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and I think Steve Wilkes would Steve still be the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. Then, on top of that, he was going to call it again in the Super Bowl, and Kyle was like, hold up, time out. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, bro, it's something about that all-out blitz that he wasn't feeling, and it wasn't successful early in the season, and now you're going to call an all-out blitz against Patrick Mahomes, a guy that can beat the blitz, a guy that's going to see it, recognize it, and find a way to get... It's a big gamble. 
It might have worked. We'll never know. One dark horse, just keep your eye on Chris Kiffin. Chris Kiffin. That's right. You were telling me about Chris Kiffin, who just was released, right? No, he wasn't released. He's no longer with the team, allegedly. That's what I mean. That, like, he's no longer with. So he's he, free, free, free. He's free. They replaced him today with, um, uh, what the fuck was his name? Davis. So he's uh, available. Oh, sugar snaps. Now, how would you feel if it's Chris? It is what it is, right? Damn. I think they're at the same level. They're, 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 they're entry level defensive coordinators. Even though I agree. Kiffin was, it was a previously a defensive coordinator in the collegiate level, but they're entry level NFL coordinators, right? Oscar just brought up a good point. Why not reach out to Ken Norton, somebody who played and coached in that same this team? Is so, so, well, Oscar. That's another dark horse. Well, Oscar, I'm going to be honest. He was one of my candidates. The moment I put it out there, I got slashed because he's not available. He's unavailable. He, he didn't sign somewhere. And I'm like, well, he don't got to stay he's here. Actually, he's with Washington as a linebacker coach. So if Kyle right. wanted him, he could to pick be a up defensive coordinator. Yeah, like he would make that move. I want to interview him. But the problem yeah. is there's no reports of interviews being done. And when somebody's under contract, you need to legally put that request in. Correct. Request for an interview, even if it is a promotion. I don't get why they won't reach. They didn't reach out to Ken Norton Jr. That would have been probably me my top choice. A because Ken Norton was originally hired by San Francisco when they he, came in here, and then he went to San. He went to, to Seattle, didn't he? Because they gave him the defensive coordinator coordinator position. Correct. He's coming in as a linebacker, assistant head coach. Correct. So he could be the dark horse because allegedly <laughs> I was I was listening to uh oh god I want winners sidelines I want winners now my my thing is this right I was listening to an interview on KMBR there has to be two minority interviews from outside the organization okay is that the Rooney rule I wonder if Ken Norton's going to be request to be spoken to or interviewed. And maybe that's why it's taking so long. Got to show JP hella hard some some love, baby. What's going on, brother? Says I'm back, faithful family. I had to let the season breathe. We still breathing, bro. It's not it's not an easy off season, but we have no choice. Uh, You know, to get to it, Tony. Let's let's cap this show off with some draft uh, prospects that the Niners have been checking out since the Senior Bowl. Uh, They've had formal meetings uh, with defensive back uh, DJ James out of Auburn. Uh, and you know he's kind of you know light. He's light. I want to know how fast he is. I'm sure his speed is pretty good. Uh, but listen, this dude has like he had nine PBUs. Like in, in I want to see if that weight that weight is accurate. The, the issue is the weight. The issue is the weight. I don't know if he's one seventy. My man Jack. Yeah, but he didn't look that small at the Senior Bowl. That's what I'm saying. I I think he's at least one eighty five, one ninety. Like I, I'm I sitting at the I'm at the senior, but he didn't look tiny, bro. Like I don't know. I that according to what he, you know what? We'll get his weight this week. We'll we'll know. All right. So that's, that's the only. Man. It's gonna be interesting to see. That's the only cornerback. Let's go to the edge rushers that we have. They've so far interviewed four edge rushers. Um, Austin Booker out of Kansas. 
Um, they interviewed Darius Robinson out of Missouri, Jonah Ellis out of Utah, and Javon Solomon out of Troy. Which one of these guys stands out to you the most and why? If I'm drafting the defensive end at 31, I'm taking Robinson because number one, he you were there. You could vouch for this. Dominated the senior bowl. Listen, one-on-ones, bro. He dominated the senior bowl. And I think right now, I think the Niners need an edge setting defensive end first. Oh, 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 oh. Go ahead. Tony, I we this is how this is why I love us. If we go back to the the show where we were having the conversation about DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and why they kept Armstead and it was able they were able to keep a guy like Jimmy Ward as well. Kudos to you, Kylie. Appreciate that. I'm feeling when I look at when I look at Robinson, you know, he moved to the outside to play edge his senior year. And lost weight. And lost the weight. You know where he played prior to that? Inside. Oh my gosh. Is this another versatile piece like that the Niners may not pass up on? Like they see that he has the ability to play inside. He would kind of give you like that Kevin Givens vibe, but better because he has the ability to rush the passer from the inside. But then on the outside is where he's dominant. Like he's still dominant on the outside. We're talking about a guy like Eric Armstead being at the end of his career. He's dealing with a lot of injuries. Still think he has football left with the 49ers. He has a big contract pay coming up. But could this be that piece that the Niners like to keep replenishing? We talked about the replenishing pieces. He's not as tall as Eric Armstead, but he's more effective from his size on the football field. Yeah, and I think this draft is going to be – I think the top two picks are going to be trench heavy. Yes. I think they, – they, listen, uh, guys, they're going to get – I know it. I can see it now. Why are we taking another defensive line? <laughs> because, you have, because you only have five under contract. That's why. There you go. You only have five that count against your top 51 under contract. That's an issue. And one of them, potentially two of them, you will be moving on from next year – because Armstead's ca- uh, salary issue clears up by the end of next year, and Hargrave has an opt-out after two years with the Niners. So now you have to replenish. And this is what set back this 49ers team, I think, but those two years without having first-round picks. You can't stockpile the cupboard when you're picking what the fourth round. Your first pick last year was essentially a fourth-round pick. It, it's going def- to affect your team. So – if they can land somebody like a Robinson at 31, because I don't think there's going to be, I mean, I mean, listen, I like Tyler Guyton. I also like the kid Mims from Georgia. I think they are two. Those great, are my two. Those are my two. Two great right tackles. But between the two of them and their college career, they have 18 starts. They didn't play a lot, but they were dominant in those games. They're going to be raw. So but now can, my question is this. You can go raw. Pause. You pause. You, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You could go with the least experience. You can go with the least experience, le- lesser experienced player. But the upside, the ceiling is so high on those dudes. Correct. Like, I think what, happened, I th- Aaron, what happened to Aaron Banks his first year? I'm, I, Aaron Banks was never. Do you want to have this conversation? No, 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 I, I'm just, I, my point is this. It's hard for a collegiate offensive lineman to transition to an NFL offensive lineman, unless you're a top eight pick. Like, but Tony, I watched, I watched these play. Okay. I, I, right. You're right. You're, I'm not going to argue with that. You're right. 
But I watched them live, live against the best of their college guys. Not against the teams that they played. I'm talking about against all-stars, guys that are that are coming at them against Darius Robinsons and, and, and the kid uh Chris Broswell from from uh uh Alabama and, and these guys I, I've watched and they were holding their own in one on ones. In one on ones. Like this is this is important to me. I thought Tyler Guyton was probably the the best tackle at the senior bowl. And they had some good ones. I don't think he's going to be there. Oh, shit. Okay. Why you ain't say that before I went through all this? There's no, damn, there's no way. Nah, there's, there's some good tackles. There's some really good tackles, especially on film. I'm going off no. of what I witnessed, but there's some good ones on film that I think BYU kid? I Yeah, man. Kingsley. I want to see him perform in his field test. I'm just curious, though, because he was played on the left side. Mm-hmm. And you talked about... Then making the transition into the NFL. So, like, if they got to make the transition to the NFL and now switch sides and put the other hand in the dirt and just do everything in the reverse or opposite, don't you think that's even harder? It is, but, again, the 49ers, well, the NFL, where the 49ers are picking, it's very hard to take an offensive lineman, especially a tackle, and insert him day one as a starter. Because they're picking at the end? Because they're produ- I, it's hard to explain. It, it, you're no, getting it's not. I get what you're saying. I get what you're, you're saying. A different crop. You're getting a different batch of talent. A tier, right? right. Yeah, no, I get what yeah. you're saying. But what if, what if, Tony, what if the a top tier tackle? Because I know, I, I get it. I get it. I like Guyton. I like Mims. And there's a possibility that they're there in the second round. It's a possibility. But then there's a possibility that somebody reaches on them as well because of what we saw or how well they tested. My, my question is, what if there's one of those top-tier tackles still available at 31? And you got Darius Robinson there as well. You don't have a high second-round pick, so you got to make a choice. Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta make a choice. Let's say my, my favorite tackle in this draft is the kid... I don't want to jack up his name, but the kid from Oregon State. I think he'd come in day one, start day one. Like, day one, be ready to go, right tackle. Now the Niners have bookends on the outside, and they have to finagle the inside. I think they bring Feliciano back. I think he would probably start at guard over Spencer Burford. That's just my opinion. Um, And so what if they do that and one of those top-tier tackles somehow fall? What I would do? The kid from Alabama, too, could be a top-tier right tackle. I So you're saying if Guyton's sitting there? If Guyton is there and one of them top-tier ones fall, wouldn't you, be, wouldn't, wouldn't you think the Niners would definitely push to make get that top-tier tackle? That can go day one. I, I think they could. I think they could, but I it's also think— That's just the kid. It's the kid from Oregon State. From Oregon State, yeah. Yeah. Um, or Talese, sorry. Fuega? Is that how you say his name? Fuega. It's so, it's Fuaga. so Fuaga. I don't know. It, 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 I, I know John Lynch is going to be struggling. Uh, because you have to, you have to, you have sure. to do your, I can't wait till we do our big board. You have to do that big board and then 
whoever falls, like, you know. So you're saying if Guyton is there at 31 and Darius Robinson, they call him D-Rob, he's there at 31, you would go with D-Rob over Guyton? I would, I would sit there probably for the whole time on the clock and go back and forth in the beat. <laughs> and then whoever we didn't take, I would be on the phone the next that night and get both of them. It's like, let's go. Uh, no. that, that would, listen, if the Niners can address the trenches and get these two players oh, that we're talking about, man, now you're building for the future. And now you're looking forward to, uh, you know, just good, good, good play from these these prospects, man. I have an answer for you. I think what they do in free agency is going to tell you what they do in the draft. So that's let's cor- say that's they correct. Find, that's correct. They, they re-signed Cleveland Farrell, right? Yep. That's Robinson had a picture. Now they go right tackle. Now that doesn't mean if Robinson starts to fall a little bit, they can't they jump up in the second round again. Because he'll still be on their radar. Yeah. Correct. So now, if let, let's just say hypothetically they go out and sign a right tackle. Um, I know they won't, but let's just say they sign Trent Brown and they bring him back mm-hmm. to play right tackle. Now you could be saying, well, we got Trent Brown on a one-year deal. Um, should we start grooming now? Should we draft here to replace next year? That could be an option where they would take Guyton or whoever the tackle is on their board there. That's what they did with Banks. Yep, sit him, let him get up to par next year. Because I think, honestly, any of these guys, these these, these off, especially the offensive linemen, these guys need a year in a lot, a year in the weight room. 100%. So to get NFL ready, like, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I think they need, that's a necessity. So I don't know. I, I We're going to see what free agency brings. And then we'll, then we'll reassess at that point. Um, but I got to get going in a couple minutes. I have to go get the kids. Yeah, no problem. Listen, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in, man. We truly appreciate it, man. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you show Tony some love. He is heavy on Twitter at the moment. Tony be sneaking up like ghosts from power, yo. He comes out of nowhere, man. So Tony's out there. He's putting on his takes. Make sure you give him some love. Show him some love. Follow him on Twitter as well. Hopefully there'll be some definitely some good nothing but Niner shows coming out where you can catch Tony, Mike, and I will be back on there as well. Yo, Tony, it was funny because somebody said that they couldn't watch the show anymore because um because I was on there and they stopped they couldn't deal with me being on the show. I just thought it was funny <laughs> because they were mad because they were mad at my take on Trey Lance. But I'm like, I, what I said about Trey Lance was that he should be starting if Brock is not healthy and ready to go. I didn't think Sam Darnold should have been the guy. I never would think Sam Darnold. But because I said that, they just felt like I had this hidden agenda on Trey Lance. Once Brock was named the starter, I stopped talking about Trey Lance starting, but of course he stopped watching the show, even though he made the comment a couple days ago. Hey, I'm calling you out. I just don't know your name, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah. thanks for, thanks for supporting, man. I appreciate it, man. It's all good, man. Uh, but, but Tony, you're always great. You're always welcome. Hopefully I can get you up here once a week. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll do, and we'll just have this conversation about the draft talk and, and things like that. And, and players that we definitely need to look out guys. The combine starts tomorrow. Defensive lineman, linebackers that's your edge rushers and your tackles i can't wait to see who the defensive tackles the niners have interviewed if they've interviewed anybody because if they can get one of those two dudes here are my top three murphy sweat and yes i just named two people from texas 
And people not talking about Chris Jenkins from Michigan, but I, the Niners better draft as many players from Michigan as they can. They have the number one defense in the NF in, the, in college football, and they lock down some of the biggest wide receiver names you can think of in, in, in college football. Now that I think about it. So I'll leave it at that. Tony, thanks for joining. Guys, you are always the real ones, man. Appreciate you guys. See you back on Friday. Friday, I will be doing the call-in show. All right? We'll be doing the call-in show on Friday. I'll be doing a mock draft for you guys. We'll have some fun, man. See you Friday, man. Same time, same place. Thanks for watching. Always keep it nitty-gritty, baby. We out. Peace. We so bright that we shine